November has begun the same way that October ended for the Phoenix Suns. They have now won five consecutive games, pushing their record to 6-1 and one early this season after a pretty nice win against the Minnesota Timberwolves. The Twin Towers came to town with Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns and this new-look Minnesota Timberwolves. And much akin to the five teams before them, they go home empty-handed, Matthew. What a game. Yeah. What a game. Yeah. No, awesome. More questions answered from the Suns. You have Chris Paul showing up in the fourth. We see that. Sarge is back. He can play with Jock. That looked great. Mikhail and Cam, Cam can kind of cover Book. And how Book, he had a rough night tonight. A lot of attempts. A lot of misses. So they covered his ass on a lot tonight. So yeah, a couple more questions we had, especially Cameron Johnson, you know, just our answer tonight against the Minnesota Timberwolves team that doesn't play much defense when Carl Anthony Towns is in the lineup. So mm-hmm. that's good. Yeah. You know, I think that again, that's the, the story of the regular season for the Phoenix Suns, right? We've talked about this in the off season. How does the regular season really matter? No, after you've been to the finals and then you've won 64 games and lost in the playoffs. You know, it's all about just getting back to the playoffs. You want that next opportunity to be in a position to go and win a championship. But what the regular season is, it's a journey to get there. And you're going to see different chapters of that journey. And the, the chapter tonight was just that Devin Booker can have an off game and he can be covered. Uh, The twins are excelling on both ends of the floor. You know, the Minnesota Timberwolves, are still a team that is a little bit discombobulated, but Anthony Edwards is a stud in the making. So, and Chris Paul, while he continues to age, he's aging gracefully because he's finding a way to stay as productive as possible, especially when this team needs it the most. So while we can't wait for the playoffs, and trust me, we'll wait. It's quite some, it's November 1st. <laughs> we got quite some time until we hit those playoffs. It's all about the journey that's going to ultimately make that destination so remarkable, beautiful, and amazing. Yeah, and they look a little bit more complete than last year right now. There's just there's just more there. I mean, you have Aiton who's missing, and then Booker had was in foul trouble. Um, you know, Coach Fallen Founder tweeted that it's like, you know what, NBA, like the Suns look a little bit a little bit deeper. And right now, too, in the NBA, a lot of these teams they're coming full force. There's not a whole lot of injuries. Mm-hmm. So a lot of these teams are playing, they have their guys. So that's what's more exciting, I feel like, about this season. Yeah, it's a fun early season to see some of these matchups come to town and to see how the the Suns are going to navigate taking on those. Der- I mean, the Timberwolves a different kind of look. When you have Carl Anthony Towns at your four and the Phoenix Suns have Cameron Johnson at their four, it's definitely just a different look. And to see how they yeah. prepare for that, how they ultimately take advantage of it, because take advantage of it they did tonight. That's for sure. We'll talk about Cam Johnson. We're going to talk <laughs> yeah. about plenty on this edition of the Suns Jam Session Podcast. So first and foremost, I'd like to thank everybody for joining us live after the game. If you happen to be watching on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, if you are on the the YouTube feed, give us a thumbs up, give us a subscribe, hit that bell notification, it'll let you know when we go live, which is after every Phoenix Suns game. And again, hitting that thumbs up button, it helps with the algorithms. Whenever people search for Phoenix Suns on YouTube, it takes them right to the Suns Jam Session Podcast. If you're listening, go ahead, subscribe, rate, review, all that fun stuff. Apple Podcasts, leave a review. Nobody does, but I, I'll, I'll still continue to plug it, Matthew. <laughs> I love it when people write reviews on Apple because, like, I like reading them yeah. on the pod, but, like, they're generally pretty good and pretty fun thought out, and they're funny. So, Yeah, don't forget to- about Spotify either. Just Spotify, yeah. do the five stars real quick. Just, we're at 4.9 all of a sudden. Yeah, we were at five. Reviews. Yeah, yeah. Who's, I want to meet that guy. Who's the dick, huh? 
Who's the dick? <laughs> She's a pork chop. That's what I hear. Uh, you can follow the show at Suns Jam on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. You can follow Matthew on Twitter. At Matthew Lucy. And you can follow me on Twitter at Darth Voida. You can also read my writing at brightsideofthesun.com, which, Matthew, before the game today, I put together an article uh, talking about different bets that you can make. NBA's TNT on Tuesday night with DraftKings, taking a look at a couple lines. And I said, hey, if you want to, you should take the Bulls money line, which was plus 100. And you should take the under on tonight's game, which was 227.5. Matthew, what was the total of tonight's game? No idea. Where's the score? Let's do a little math here. Right, 116, 116 plus 107, 107. Is, is 223. Where's so if you listen to my article, it was a plus 21. You would have hit on both bets. I look like a genius tonight. So make sure you <laughs> make sure you read me on Brightside as well. I think it's I think it's worth it. And I'm, I, I pretty much say, like, hey, if we bet enough money, we can buy the Suns together. So let's do that, Suns fans. Let's do that. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get this bad boy started. Let's pop a beer if we got it. I don't know about you, Matthew. But I'm having one of those days where I definitely need a beer. You ever have those days where you just like need a beer? It's a Tuesday. I do, but then I don't drink beer. <laughs> so <laughs> it's got, I really it's got want corn. one. But I don't. Yeah. It's got corn. Exactly. Unless it's Bud Light, then it has no and corn. It sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I just had one of those gross. long, long days. You know, I was up at like three in the morning because my sciatic nerve couldn't go back to sleep from all that mm-hmm. running. Last night is Forrest Gump going trick or treating and running around work all damn day. I'm kind of uh, jealous of your sciatic nerve. You know, like the sunny episode where uh, you can fuck right off. <laughs> no, like you give it more attention than me, man. What do you, you know what I, mean? <laughs> I want the attention you give it. You go ahead and give my sciatic nerve. You can have all yeah. this pain, man. You can have all this pain. But then a long day at work. So you know what? No, Suns fans, pop them if you got them. Six and one Phoenix Suns. Let's go. Let's start talking about this game on this edition of the Suns Jam Session Sciatic Nerve. dominate the fourth quarter once their starters come back in which brings me to my first question matthew matthew i got to ask matthew i gotta ask where where at any point during that fourth quarter when the phoenix suns gave up that lead not well they didn't give it up they just it shrunk from 18 with the, all the all the reserves in there were you worried at any point, or were you just like, yeah, Monty's going to bring in the starters. We're going to win the game, and we'll do a podcast <laughs> afterwards. You know, I didn't think that. I was I was worried, but the only reason that I wasn't like we might lose this game was because Towns was over there. Whoop, wee, wee. Towns was over there on the bench, and I looked at him when they showed him. He seemed kind of upset. You know, the, the Wolves came back, and it was mostly defense, and they even said like how their defense is better without him on the court and just with Gobert and the rest of the dudes. Then I was like, okay, well, Towns has to come back in. And this used to happen, I feel like, to the Suns a lot, where we would we'd be down by like 20 points, 15 mm-hmm. points, and come back, and then it would be two-point lead you know, from the other team. And yeah. then, we, the, then there was a timeout. Then we had to put back some other guys that didn't really get us there. And then all of a sudden, it's like it's another blowout. And that's what happened tonight. I'm like, bring Towns back in because, to me – I don't feel like Towns really belongs still. I really yeah. don't. I know Gobert sometimes is like, 
he's very slow defensively and all that. But I was just thinking, I'm like, if he if they bring back Towns, what you're going to get is a zero offensively. Yeah, I guess. But then he holds the ball too much. Mm-hmm. He does too much for himself. He's too selfish of a player, complaining about players and stuff towards the end of the game when he comes back in. So when I saw him on the bench, I was like, dude, if this guy comes back in, it's just it'll be over. And the Suns bring back their starters, and it kind of evens out, and they hustle. And they did everything that the T-Wolves did to get back into the game. We just did better. And that's why it was almost another blowout this game. It's so funny you say that because I thought the exact same thing. When the Minnesota Timberwolves made that run, it's when Carl Anthony Towns was kicking it on the bench. And the moment that they decided, you know what, we're going to go and bring him back in was the moment that I go, oh, shit, Suns are good. Because of his isolation <laughs> yeah. ball, because he he's he doesn't play defense. He doesn't know where to play defense right now. That's the other side of this. He doesn't know because normally he plays the five, and he's played the five. He's played a little four here and there, but normally he plays the five. So when he doesn't know where to go on defense, guys start to just you know go in fuego from all over the court, but primarily from beyond the arc. Lights, Cameron, action. This is a great day, Jamsters. I know Matthews, he clearly look at him. Look how excited he is. He's just, you know, the first drop goes to Cameron Johnson tonight, which means he had obviously an amazing game in this one. Cam Johnson, 33 minutes played. Matthew, do you know what his, his field goal uh, makes, his field goal attempts were? Uh, no, but I can look. Uh, let me see. Uh, do you want to just tell me? It's 10-17, my birthday. Oh, okay. I should have guessed that. Yeah, when I set you up that easy. <laughs> what Come am, on. What am Penn, I doing? Here? Penn makes on 17 attempts, including 7 of 11 from beyond the arc. He had 29 points to lead all scorers in this game. He also had three steals. And as one of our, uh, our jam sisters watching along live with us, Landon Alverson says, play of the game. Mikhail turnover. Cam Johnson strips what should have been a fast break layup by Anthony Edwards, mind you then saves the ball, then CP3 deflects another pass, and finally, Johnson hits the three. Cam Johnson had an absolutely fantastic game in this one. You know, the game we've kind of been waiting a little bit for, the the breakout, the, you know what, I, I'm going to, the, 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 the shots are going to fall, and once they start to fall, they keep falling for him. And I love how, again, we were talking about Carlton Towns. It's Carlton Towns who's getting burned because, again, this team doesn't do a good job defending the perimeter. They don't know how to because, Carlton Towns instinctively on defense wants to to shade to the interior because that's where he lives. And he starts shading. He's like, oh, shit. Oh, Rudy, you're there. And while he's looking at Rudy, like Cam Johnson's oh just like nailing a three. And that's like that's the story of this game in a nutshell. Yeah, but that's always been a cat too. And yeah, you know, just lost. The, the play of the game. Yeah, that was brought up. And that was almost like every play. I feel like in the fourth quarter when the Suns would make that comeback, there was tips, 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 steal, uh, throw it out. You're almost out of bounds. Throw it in. Oh, nothing but net. It was almost like that every play for the Suns because it was a nonstop hustle. They were just running circles around the Wolves. Uh, Cameron Johnson, like him and Mikael, but mostly Cam, like he is just, um, he's able to do what he was doing tonight. Of course, he's left open. And I don't want to say it's like, oh, it's just threes. But, dude, when the threes are falling from Cam, it's like a beautiful thing. Oh, so. I mean, 7 of 11 is ridiculous. It's not going to happen all the time. But he was hitting them on the fast break. And my play of the game from him was the fast break layup. Then mm-hmm. the next pe- the next play, unless that's the one he was talking about, the next play he runs down and he has a little uh, three-point shot that goes in. That was my play of the game for sure because I feel like that's what kind of started everything in the third quarter. Um, Cam did everything though. Offensively, it was uh mid range. He had like the one mid range shot, the mm-hmm. three get into the rim, but the way that the wolves are, it's like, they give you space. I think the one time they're actually playing defense 
was in the fourth quarter when they made that comeback. That was intense defense. That was scary. That was they great were getting steals. Speed. Yeah, and then, but before that, after that, it was just easy. It was easy because there was a lot of space in between him and the defender. This Wolves team, I think they play hard when you have Edwards and um, Gobert out there. But then when Towns is in there, like you said, Towns is kind of just sunk into the middle. He doesn't know what to do. Even if he guards you on the perimeter, he's easy to go around. So he's really bad in those situations. He's like opposite of what Aiden is. So Cameron Johnson and Mikael Bridges, they both fed on it tonight. But Cameron Johnson, this is an all-time, I mean, this is an all-time game. This is his breakout game, maybe this season. Uh, it, seven threes will not happen yes. again, but we'll see how he continues to play after this game. Well, that's the key. You know, I mean, last year when he had his breakout game, quote unquote, it was against the Knicks. And then unfortunately, because of the physicality of that game against Julius Randle, where I think he was running purely on adrenaline that game, he was out for like 25 games with a hamstring issue after that. So like we got that game that you and I were just like craving from Cam Johnson. Then like he was gone. Yeah. And now, you know, I, I haven't seen any injury reports. He seems fine. Let's see if he does build upon this because obviously a Cam Johnson who plays like this takes pressure off of other aspects of this uh, starting rotation. And, you know, again, Devin Booker doesn't have to try to carry the load each and every night. And kudos to Anthony Edwards. I will say that, man. This kid's a stud. The way that he plays on both ends of the court, his defensive intensity, you know, Devin Booker was taken out of this game. Devin Booker didn't have a bad night. He shot for six for for 18, two of seven from beyond the arc. He had five uh, assists. He had seven total rebounds. He had the five personal fouls. He had 18 total points. It's not because he had a bad night because he was just shooting and, you know, and having a rough night shooting. It's because Anthony Edwards was a fucking pest. He was insane on defense. Landry Shamit then comes in after uh, Devin Booker gets his fifth foul. He instantly locks up Landry Shamit. Landry's doing everything he can, shoots, gets blocked. I mean, he is really fun to watch. And to your point where he's taught, where uh, Rudy Gobert and him play well together. If you're the brass for the Minnesota Timberwolves, do you start exploring ways to get rid of Carl Anthony Towns? Because it's like one of these things does not look like the others. And 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 as much shit as we give Rudy Gobert for being kind of who he is, especially come postseason, we've seen guards be successful with him in the past in Donovan Mitchell. Carl Anthony Towns is just kind of he's a black hole on both sides of the court, man. Yeah, they've been with him for far too long. It has to end sometime. I think it's this year. Him and D'Lo. D'Lo has to go. There's just, and we'll talk about it in the subreddit stakeout too, how much the fans love D'Lo. Uh, they're not they're not big fans of his. <laughs> Either, I mean, I'm sure. Just because he's the same way. And there's so yeah. many times during the game where you see after the play, Either you see D'Lo just saying like, "Oh, sorry, my bad. I'll get you next next time." Like, yeah, I'll, I'll yeah. get you next time. But how many times is that going to happen until you this actually? Whole career. Are, yeah, exactly. Until you actually figure things out. Same thing with Cat. He has his own fights in the corner with himself, complaining about the th- about, about the ball not being passed around or something. And then someone makes a three, and then he's like still talking crap. I just don't understand it. I think that Gobert, of course, isn't not isn't much offensively. But when you have him down there uh, defensively, and then you have Edwards. It's scary. And at times, like even saw like Nas Reed in this game, mm-hmm. who they kept saying on the broadcast on TNT, like this guy wants more minutes. I could see how how annoying yeah. he is. That guy is a freak, and that guy seems like he understands how how like Edwards wants to play is just physical, tough, and like he's always he only had three rebounds tonight, but it seemed like he was always down there making the mess. Uh so you have those guys, it's just you have to get rid of, I think, of towns. I just it's never going to work with that dude. 
it hasn't to this point. Like you said, they've tried a million different things with this guy. And now they're trying something drastic and they're bringing in Rudy Gobert. They're paying him $40 million and they're saying, okay, yeah, no, this will work. We'll figure this out because they, you know, Carl Anthony Towns probably in the off seasons bitching and moaning to the front office. Like, you know, look how great I am from beyond the arc. This is what I want to do. They're like, dude, you're like seven foot. He's like, yeah, but look how great I am. They're like, okay, Carl, Carl, let's, uh, let's go ahead and just, we'll get a center down there. So you don't have to play those. It's it's, it's like Anthony Davis, right? Anthony Davis never wants to play the five. You know, it's the same thing with Carl Anthony Davis. Like, oh, Carl, like if you want to hang out behind the behind the arc and just chuck threes, we'll make it happen. And again, he doesn't know what to do defensively. And every time he takes a shot from beyond the arc, personally, I feel like that's a win because he's not a follow the shot kind of guy. So if you got this big body, your power forward who's just chucking up threes and then just like kind of leaving his hand up and walking away as it bricks yeah. off the fucking cylinder, he's not crashing the glass. Advantage sun. So they could you know, they, they made it pesky for uh, Rudy Gobert to get rebounds. You know, ultimately on the night, he had uh, nine rebounds. You know, Carl Anthony Towns ended up with 10. Um, five of those were on the offensive end. But Carl Anthony, or, uh, Carl Anthony Towns went for 24 and 10, but it was a silent 24 and 10. That's what he always does. It's a, Yeah, you're like, whoa, wow, mm-hmm. that was 24 and 10? Rudy Gobert was 7 and 9. You yeah. know, I mean... They can neutralize one of those guys because, I mean, did you watch whenever they would run a high screen and it would be off of uh, uh, Rudy Gobert and they do a, a dribble handoff to him and he's yeah. standing, you know, 26 feet from the from the <laughs> cylinder. Everybody just backs the fuck away. They yeah. can play drop defense on him because he's not going to do anything. He can't drive, you know. So, I mean, again, it's just it's a weird it's, it's like having two puzzle pieces that not only don't fit, but they're just like from different puzzles. And that's what they're trying to figure exactly. out in Minnesota. That's what they're trying to that's- do in the Suns. Are a very, very, I mean, let, let's face it. And this is, you know, kind of my takeaway. The Suns are a really, really good basketball team, man. Like, we know this. We watched them last year, 64 and 18. We saw them go to the finals. And as we started this season, six and one, with our only loss coming in an overtime game in which DeAndre Ayton had to hit two free throws to tie it. And Dame Lillard said something got in his head. And then they still had a chance to win that game. This team is very, very good. They play basketball the right way. They play defensive aggressively, as we saw when the starters came back in. And one thing that uh, Stan Van Gundy said on the TNT broadcast that I I was like, you know what? Like, we see it all the time, so we're probably almost blind to it. We just don't think about it enough. They take really, really good shots, man. Like, they take really good shots. And that's half the battle in the NBA these days, because then you watch the Timberwolves. They take really bad shots, man. Yeah, and you know what, Cat is just so opposite for me. Naden doesn't put up the stats, but then when he has good games, it's like it's never it's like sixteen and eight or something. And but we know we got a good DA game because of the way he plays physically down there, and it's so mm-hmm. opposite from Cat where he just steps away. You know the points are always there, the rebounds are always there. But some uh oh uh dumbass bitch uh says uh Cat for Draymond. You know what? That okay, would so be if- interesting. If the Wolves can get like another shooter or another couple shooters, I don't know, off the bench or someone that can blend in there, you get Draymond. That's scary because that's defense. And then you have a couple extra shooters because you just need real shooters, real players well, that know how that's to play. What, that's what they the would floor. need. That's what they yeah, would need because Pat can because, shoot, but it's not, it's not going to help the offense as a whole at all. Well, again, you know, 24 points, but you know, you take a look at the rest of their lineup. Jaden McDaniels has four points. Uh, D'Lo has five points in this game. You know, you talk about Nas Reed. He came in off the bench and he had 13 points. I mean, they have some talent, but Carl Anthony Towns demands so much. 
and he played 36 minutes in this game that it ultimately takes away from the opportunity of others. I think that's what you're referencing a little bit earlier. And again, that's a challenge that they're going to have to face in this game or in the, in this season. And there's going to be runs where they're going to figure it out. You know why they're going to figure it out? Because they have Anthony Edwards, Matthew, because that guy's a fucking stud and he's going to go ahead and he's going to have like the him. ability like to him. carry games and carry stretches for this team. Cause he's that talented. I'm telling you two or three years, like Anthony Edwards is going to be like a, a, an all NBA first teamer. Like after yeah. the Steph Curry, uh, Dame Lillard, you know, some of those guys kind of fade into the sunset when Devin Booker is kind of really at his peak, which he's kind of at right now, but in a couple, you know, about three or four seasons and we start to see those new guys, you know, like Devin Booker got on the first team all NBA last season. Right. So that was kind of the first step of the next generation of guards, him, John ja Morant. You know, these are going to be the guys whose names you're going to start to hear more and more as the James Hardens and, you know, all these guys who perennially are on the all NBA team, not necessarily because they've earned it, but because their reputation has got them there. Anthony Edwards is going to be one of those guys perennially who's going to be a first, second, or third team All NBA guy. You could just you could see it right now, and it's uh, it, like if you're if you are a a fan of the Timberwolves, you're looking at that, and then you're looking at what's around him. You're like, Jesus, fuck Christ, get me there, get me to the three years from now, just like we did for years with Devin Booker. We're like, fuck, just get me three yeah. years from now when he's got the right pieces around him. And they are. I think the whole Gobert move. I think everyone's like, oh, what are you trying to do? Just try to grab the like, the best player. Maybe that's what they were doing, but I think really they had a plan of like, let's see how it works. If cat's mm -hmm. not still working out, we can trade someone yes. and um, cat. Okay. So if Edwards is awesome, when he has the ball yeah. at the end of the game, hit those two threes, he got it within two. <sighs> then you take the ball away from him. When cat comes back in, that's yes. the problem. Yes. His that gravity is, is way too much. And like you said, like he's like a, he's like a God, who, who's a good example of a ball, like a Harden. Harden is a ball hogging guard. Yeah, and, you know, and 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 his usage rate, and it's essentially the whole team leaves what the what the Suns are good at. The Suns are good at moving the ball, cutting back actions, high screen and roll, Spain pick and roll, doing all these different things. And the Timberwolves, they start to do those things, and then Cat comes in, he gets the ball, and it becomes just like any team that plays with James Harden. There's it's four guys watching James Harden dribble for yeah. 18 seconds, and that's what you get with Cat. He just stands back there. You know, he he had that one play where he went in, and I think Busy was on him. And he did like six different like pivot moves, you know, and it was all in the lane. I'm like, call the fucking three second already. All <laughs> these different pivot moves. And he finally like passes it to somebody who's cutting. I think it was Anthony Edwards. And then he was kind of stuck. So he threw it and then Mikhail Bridges steals it and go, you know, starts a fast break. You know, and that's all predicated on the fact that you have a black hole in offense who wants that usage rate. He's all about the numbers. And and, and we've known this for years. He's a big fucking baby. Cat is a huge baby, man. He's got he he wears his heart on his sleeve, and he just he he's always crying. And I think you know, obviously, for a couple of years there, we were kind of we take a step back and we wouldn't really drill down on Carlton Towns because he's had a lot of tragedy in his life. And during those two years, we're like, hey, man, he's going through a lot. Like, you know, he's just got to process it like the rest of us. But guess what? This team has been invested in him. They're trying to set him up for success by bringing in Gobert. I don't know how that's going to work out. Nobody does. Uh, but at the same time, like he continues to just have that, just like he mopes on the court and there's nothing worse. It, we, if you're an Arizona Cardinals fan, you can empathize with this. When you got Kyler Murray and he throws the ball and the guy misses it and he's moping on the fucking field, you just, you're like, fuck this guy, man. Like this is a sport, be competitive, you know, go and talk to your guys, motivate them, be a leader. Don't mope. And that's what Carl Anthony Towns is. He's a fucking moper. Yeah. And Booker used to be that way too. And then Chris yeah. Paul came along and that all changed. Booker had the worst body language 
three or two oh, years yeah. ago. Right before Chris Paul came, he was terrible. He was a Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah, because they were homies. Like, and the ta- Towns, like, he's always had kind of talent around him. He never had what Booker had. Booker didn't have anything until Chris Paul came. Oh, great. And, he's had, he's know, had Jimmy Butler. Yeah. You know, and even Jimmy's like, playing his own offense. Guy. Yeah. yeah, he's playing his own offense out there. It's not working, man. No, not working at all. So Ooh, sorry about the 20 that, minutes of that. 20, 20, 20 minutes on, on, on the on the Minnesota Timberwolves. Well, let's take a look at some of the, the performances for those of you who are listening to the pod or watching and, and, and you didn't see the game. Let's talk about how some of the Suns played. The point Chris Paul tonight, 15 points, 12 assists, 5 of 12 from the field, 1 of 5 from beyond the arc, 4 of 6 from the free throw line. He had eight rebounds as well, so he was two rebounds shy of a triple-double. Continues to have a hard time shooting the ball. Uh, He did have a turnover in this game. So in his last two games combined, 27 assists, one turnover. And this is what I'm talking about aging gracefully with Chris Paul, right? His offensive shot just hasn't been there. Good, bad, or indifferent. But he's still navigating defenses. He's still putting the opposition in tough positions where they're trying to make decisions. And then he's finding the open guy, and the open guy's rewarding him by knocking down. So even though Chris Paul is having to kind of stay, take a step back offensively, it's exactly what this fucking team needs. Because then you have the Twins, and you have Devin Booker, and you have other guys having the ability to step up because Chris Paul isn't when it comes to offensive shooting. But those assists, man, I mean, he just – he was a stabilizer in this game in that fourth quarter. He had a lot of that defensive intensity that helped propel the Phoenix Suns to a win tonight. Yeah, it takes him a little bit longer to get more greased up in the game. A lot of good looks, obviously, coming out. And uh, in the fourth quarter, three for three, one three. Mm-hmm. And those are just big shots. Those are shots where it's like about, you know, time to get ready for the pod. It's like, all right, here we go. It's about time to start doing the dishes you haven't done all day. You know what I mean? Just start oh, doing yeah. stuff around the house. That, when he starts hitting those shots, then it's over. And it bothers me. The only thing that bothers me about him is like on the bench, he just seems like so upset with himself, doesn't he? Then I feel bad. Like I feel, I kind of feel bad for him. Like I feel bad because he is getting older and he's just like, damn, like, have I lost it? These shots should be going in. There's a lot of times when the Suns are on breaks, they're they're on like on a 6-0 run, and then he'll take a wide open three and miss it. He's done that multiple times. Mm-hmm. And you can just tell he's like, fuck, dude, these should be going in. And I think he just has to be more patient. I think it's coming to where those will go in, hitting the big shots. Oh, yeah. But right now, we got this in the game where he kind of helped close it out. So that's one thing we're looking forward to. A couple games ago, he had the the really great game. What did he miss? Like one shot the whole time. So uh, it's, it's, it's one thing to really worry about his shot, but the passing's still there. Um, he's doing a great job of just kind of staying silent and just sticking to his role. I just can kind of see the pain on his face when he's of sitting course. there on the bench. I'm like, dude, I'm so sorry, but let's get this championship, please. And you'll feel awesome. You'll feel oh, yeah. great. Even though it's just basketball, you'll feel great, man. <laughs> oh no. he Yeah, I know. Right No, He's, uh, you're right. When he, when he's on the sideline, I do see that kind of just like, sad lost look like he's looking at the court and he's almost like he's looking through it you know yes, he's like he's, yes. you know he's he's yeah, kind of lost yeah. you know and it's like yeah the physical ability is is leaving him and he's he's sitting there he's contemplating what his next Jake from State Farm commercial is going to be but when he comes in <laughs> he sets the tone by putting the the team in the position to be successful i mean this team has nothing but talent and chemistry and everything that you need to be successful and he's realizing like i can take a step back and I can just facilitate and be a pure facilitator and not need to have the usage rate that I had in the past. And guess what? We're not just winning games. We're beating the shit out of people. 
I mean, take a look at it. Like we've had one close game. Well, we've had two close games. The first two games of the season were close. Damian Lee hit a great shot in the first game. We beat the we beat the uh, Dallas Mavericks. We lost the game by two to the Portland Trailblazers. Every game since then, it's been like almost double digits, if not every one double digits. So, I mean, it's just like, yeah, Thomas Danette, one of our elite jamsters. So, if you want to be an elite jamster, go ahead and hit, click the join button inside the YouTube chat. You can get some exclusive content, uh, jamsterdam content, if you will. He says he loves the CP3 role. I think it's fantastic. And again, his shots will start to go down much akin to how it did a couple nights ago, and then everything looks great. But at the end of the day, like 15 and 12 from Chris Paul, like sign me up for that every day. 33 minutes played, probably the only reason those minutes are a little bit higher is because the bench kind of sucked wind in that fourth quarter. If you take a look at some of the fourth quarter stats, uh, Jock Landell was a negative nine in the fourth. Torrey Craig was a negative 12. Uh Cameron Payne was a negative nine, and that's all in like three minutes played. So Monty had to bring those starters back in pretty quick because the lead was just gone in an instant because that second team unit, as great as they played for, they played spurts in this game, and the, as great as they played this season, they just they couldn't carry it because all of a sudden, as we mentioned earlier, Minnesota found their identity when the uh, the starters were on the bench, and they realized, okay, if Carl Anthony Towns out, now's the time. Now's the time to go get it. And, you know, he brings him back in. So 33 minutes from Chris Paul, a little bit more than we want to. But at the same time, like, I'm A-OK with it, man. I'm A-OK with it. Me too. And um, if if he was such a big reason of why we were winning before, he was before, but, like, we have so many other guys now stepping mm -hmm. up. They're evolving. If we didn't have that, it would be a concern. Even the beginning of the season, I wasn't worried because we're still going to win games. You know what I mean? Just let him work into it. So that's what he's doing right now. So well, I think we're doing okay. I think we're, we're doing good. Biz. So Bismack Biombo gets to start again tonight with DeAndre Ayton out. He was shooting around before the game. I saw Dave King tweet that out. So it looks like he's just around the corner from returning. But the Phoenix Suns are like, hey, we're winning games and we're kicking ass. Like, exactly. Buddy back. Just Love like Dak Prescott. Busy. Yeah. Just, yeah, just like Dak Prescott in his hand. That got, he, his left hand got stepped on by the, the Bears. Of course. Oh, shit. Is today, what day is today? Tuesday? Tuesday. Okay. I still got times to make my survivor pick. Um, Sorry. Completely side note. So you take a look at Bismack Biombo tonight. You know, 29 minutes played. Had eight points. Was four or five from the field. Had four block shots, Matthew. My favorite block shot. <laughs> my favorite one is the one on Carl Anthony Towns. Where Carl Anthony, you know, is, is, is slow-mo driving. He thinks he's finally got it. And then Busy not only blocks it, but he keeps it alive. And then, you know, starts a fast break for the Phoenix Suns. And Mike V. Hill from the Timeline podcast tweeted something out during the game. And it was probably my favorite tweet of the game. It says, Gobert is just a $40 million version of Biombo. Isn't that true? <laughs> it's just like, you're paying $40 million, You can have Busy for whatever the hell we're paying him. Yeah, I mean, yes, exactly. It's like, but then you also can go down another step and say like Busy's like, a cheaper version of what Aiton is. You know what I mean? So yeah. uh, the six blocks is insane. I feel like he teleports himself underneath the basket. Was it four? Sorry. Yeah, it's I four. Think six. I said four. Okay. You, you said six, but... Um, <laughs> definitely said four. 100 he teleports four. underneath the basket. You know, something just... The, the floor removes and he comes straight up. Because I swear every time the ball is down there when he's on the court, he's either there to swat it, deter it, or he's even down there offensively to put it back in. Like, he is just always there. Great positioning. And that's the thing with this team, with Minnesota. Like, when you come into the game, that's what we talked about, the size and second-chance points and stuff like that. But then after, like, going into halftime, 
points in the paint. Wolves were up only 24 to 16. Mm-hmm. Second chance points, nine to six Wolves. Fast break points, that was another thing. The pace, it was six to six. But Biombo is a guy that can come in there and he understands just um, positioning and making sure that those guys are further away from the basket. Because if Gobert is there, he's slow and he'll tip it back in, but he's super slow. So if you push him back a little bit further, it's easier for, it's harder for him to get to the ball. He's just slow to react. So the box outs where he was actually positioning himself on the rebounds was perfect. Him and Jock did a pretty decent job all night. Biombo was just insanely good tonight. Um, It just, it's, it's totally true. When you watch Biombo play, it's been so consistent all year, but then also in the TNT game, people are watching like, dude, like this guy's a beast. It's like this guy was just signed on last year to the Suns. He has to take on a bigger role this year because of DeAndre Aiden's injury, and it's no sweat. This guy's mm-hmm. really stepped up to the plate, man. He's doing everything we asked and even more. Well, you think about it, you know, with Chris Paul being a pure facilitator and you have Bismack Biombo being a, a pure rim protector, you know, you need your wings to perform in order for you to be successful. And that's what the Phoenix Suns are doing. So they're allowing both Chris Paul and Bismack Biombo a chance to thrive in their roles because they're not needed to do anything outside of what those roles are expected. You know, again, when he hits those little hook shots, it just gets, you know, every, every one of those is a bonus. Every one of those is a bonus. And um, Kristen, in the, in, or Kristen in the chat says, what is he getting paid this year? Love this guy. So much heart. He's getting paid 2.9 mil. You know, he's, he's going a to bet- a hospital. Yeah, well, last year it's last year was yeah. Maybe this year he's like, oh shit, I need the money, you know. But (laughs) at the same time, like, what you know, price for value paid, fan. It's exactly what you need from this guy. And when you have a game when you're going against, like, you already know that he's not going to have to play a ton of interior defense against Rudy Gobert because Rudy's just not an interior, you know, dominant presence. So he could he could sag off a little bit and and get some of those other block shots and other guys and it's just unbelievably productive for this Phoenix Suns team. You know, again, price for value paid, like that's how you develop a championship caliber team is you have people like Bismack Biombo who in stretches of the regular season can step up. Now the other side of this coin is we finally got to see we finally could take a little smoke break today, Matthew. The Sarich smoke break. All right, it wasn't much. Wasn't much. Okay, it was five minutes that he played, but he was one for one. It was from beyond the arc. Three points for Dario Sarch and three rebounds. Tell me what you saw from Dario Sarch (laughs) in his mighty return since the first game of the regular season. It's everything the Suns Jam Session podcast has been wanting. Yeah, it, it it was one thing where it's like, well, Jock's taking his minutes, but then he comes in and Jock's in there too. So it's like, what are you going to see? Yeah. You see Jock and Saric can do a lot of the same things and they played very well together. Um, they kind of split the court on the offense and they made sure to facilitate the ball around. They both can do that. They both can shoot threes. They both can like box out very well. But yeah, they're connecting both sides on the court. But that is just so fun to know that like, if we do go up against these bigger lineups, we can bring in Saric with jock just to like wreak some havoc in there and just make mm-hmm. sure that we can actually get some tip outs or whatever sarge of course comes in what second play gets hit in the face or something is on the ground trying to get the rebound it's like fuck yeah that's what we miss that's always yes. on the floor always rolling around ball, getting hit in the face just getting knocked over no balance at all then he hits a three and then the broadcasters are like oh he can do that too i'm like yeah he can sometimes but it looks really good when it goes in uh, good to have him back, man. I just I couldn't I couldn't believe he came in. So I guess we can get rid of the whole trade 
stuff and all that bullshit, which I think it was maybe just getting his feet underneath himself and training a little bit behind the scenes. Who knows? Man, it's just this team's so deep. That's what I love about it. You know, the fact that, again, you know, for those of you who are new to the pod, we have this strange love affair with Dario Sarch and his really, I mean, Dario Sarch gives everybody hope that one day they could be a member of a professional basketball organization because I could fall down as as gracefully as he does you know i could i could spend half my minutes you know he's in there five minutes two and a half of those minutes he was on the floor i mean that's just the dario Saric game you know but it's it, it's great and melissa moore yes says i'll smoke a doobie for dario you do that i oh, appreciate that yeah i'm still looking for like a good you know dispensary sponsor so if anybody knows somebody like tell them come sponsor the sun's jam session podcast because we literally have a, a, a segment called the smoke break for dario Saric. like come on it's like <laughs> Yeah, like, we could switch a cigarette in for a doobie. Yeah, we I could, could put a tube in there. You know, but like again, it's just it's good to see him back out there. You know, do we need a ton of productivity from him? No, but knowing that this was an interesting night. We were going against the Twin Towers, right? The Twin Towers for the, yeah. the Minnesota Timberwolves. And knowing that you could put Jock Landell out there pretty much twice, you know, because it's like it's like Jock Landell and then like you know, Jock Landell if you smoked a pack of Marlboros, and like that's what you put out there in him and Dario. And it just it re, like you, you nailed it. They for five minutes it wreaked havoc, and even the Timberwolves like looking at each other like, "What the fuck are they doing? Like, what's going on here? How do we react? How do we box out? Because this isn't a traditional a rebounding duo, you know. Jock Landell has the ability to kind of be exactly where the ball needs to be, and then like you're afraid to jump up for a rebound because Dario's probably on the ground and you can land on him. So that being said, their twins have nothing on our twins and twins. Dude, this was Mikhail Bridges, Cam Johnson combined tonight for 48 points. They combined tonight for seven assists. Only five rebounds, Matthew. Oh, no. Trade them. Trade them. No, but I mean, they contributed to a lot of rebounds. I feel like they were in there trying to take some heads off, which is good enough in this kind of games where you just got to put a body on somebody. Um, but you saw them. This was insane how they played together this way. And the broadcast even mentioned, like, I want to see Mikhail in the all-star game. I'm like, oh, yeah. yeah, let's let's get that going. Like, that can be something for real. Let's I think that narrative he can make it in front of Aiden. I think he can get that nod in front of Aiden the way he's been playing. And when you have both of them playing this way, I don't know how you stop it. You just you can't. The wings playing this way, at, and it's still very unselfish, and they both get great numbers. Their star booker still gets decent numbers. Um, they share the ball so well. But um, Mikhail to the rim more, that's always one thing. I mean, when mm-hmm. that's happening, you kind of know. I mentioned it before. It's because the T- the Wills don't know how to play defense, mostly because they don't put their body on anybody till in the fourth quarter they start to do that. Mm-hmm. But when the body's not on them, not on Cam or Mikhail, they they have some moves now. They can get around some guys. And, uh, dude, it's it's good to have the Twins playing this way because there was, like, a poll. If KD were to be traded, would you still want him on the Suns? I automatically hit yes today. Like, yes. Of course, of course did. I did. And then it's you have games chemistry. like this. It's like, what am I What am I doing? Do I not believe in this duo enough? No, you, or you, not, you, you, you not believe at all? in 2K. <laughs> you believe in 2K. I believe, it's yeah, a, It's all I about do. chemistry. And I think that, you know, this is what we're looking for this year from these two guys. The growth. Right. Like that's what we talked about. One of the biggest opportunities entering this season is the fact that both of these guys had a full, true offseason. I think Cameron Johnson's case, I think it is his first full, true offseason due to COVID and shortened seasons and NBA finals runs and what have you. So they got to spend time in the lab this summer. And in doing so, they came back more mature, 
a better understanding of what their role is. They've worked on aspects of their game on both offensive and deep. And, and Mikhail Bridges was fucking fantastic tonight on defense. He was go-go gadget everywhere. He was making all the steals. You know, Anthony Edwards will have a sick move, and all of a sudden it's just like, boop, balls down the ground, and it's Mikhail Bridges knocked it out. He intercepts his pass. I mean, it was just – the guy was everywhere. He's starting fast breaks. He's getting to the line. And I love that Stan Van Gundy said, this guy needs to be an all-star, and I don't feel he gets enough credit. Even though he was second overall in the defensive player of the year voting, and he was a first-team all-NBA defensive player. Everybody's like, yeah, no, Mikhail Bridges is really good. But, like, it's nights like tonight that solidify exactly who and what he is in this league. And his versatility and his his ability to go ahead and, and execute on offense, again, he was 7 of 10 from the field, 1 of 2 from beyond the arc. 19 points. He led all uh, everybody. He was a plus 20 tonight. You know, th- this is why Mikhail Bridges and the time that he had to develop in the offseason was so vital to how this team's going to perform this year. You know, you take a look at it thus far entering tonight. He was already shooting 63.2% from the field as your small forward. 63.2. That's like big man numbers. Those are like DA numbers getting, you know, the guys who are getting layups all the time. And he's shooting jumpers. He's shooting threes. You know, he's averaging 15.3 points entering this game. And his growth is, again, paramount to the success of this team and the growth of this organization. And he's doing it consistently now, man. I think we had the one game two games ago when you and I are like, dude, why does Mikhail disappear? That's the only time he disappeared all season. Every other game, he's putting in the effort, and he's really starting to solidify himself as an elite player, not only on this team, but in the NBA. Yeah, and he actually, I think, thrives from the chaos on offense where you just have those plays where the balls are being tipped everywhere and then, you know, one's being saved or one's rolling on the ground right by the paint area and he picks it up and it does those little mid-range jumpers. Like, you know he loves those ones. Like, he just I he he just knows where to be, where the ball's going to end up. And it, whether it's rolling on the floor or off the glass, his rebounding's not as great, but it doesn't matter. Like, I feel like Cameron Johnson's kind of stepping up a little bit better mm-hmm. at bodying, bodying guys. So he doesn't have to focus on that too much. But just knowing where to be offensively with this team, it's it's ridiculous. And it just, I feel so weird and different watching them. Like, I feel like, I feel like I'm blossoming or something like this. You're not growing. Me, maybe you're, you're growing too. Maybe me, maybe this offense, but it just feels like something's like blossoming. I can't, maybe I'll have a good dream about it tonight and explain it better <laughs> on the next pod. Well, I mean, take some, do some micro dosing, you know, let me know what you yes. find about both yourself and your relationship with this organization and this team. And then I'll, <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about it. I mean, again, the thing that I really took away from today is just, this is a fucking amazing team. And again, I mean, you and I, for years now, we've been doing post game podcasts, and we were blessed to go ahead and do that during a team during this this team and this franchise's best team ever, sixty four and eighteen. And what made that team so great last year was the, their performance in the clutch. We've never seen anything like it. A team that was just like, yo, you get to five minutes, like this team is fucking lethal. What we're seeing now is like they they don't even have to get to that point. This is the next step in the growth. And again, I know it's early and I know it's seven games and we're not even 10% of the way through the season. That happens at like the five minute mark of the ninth game. That's like 8.2, you know, whatever. That's 10%. Uh, but that being said, like, I know it's a small sample sti- size, but these are good habits that we're seeing. I talk about it with my team all the time. We got to develop good habits, right? Like I work at a community that's, kind of small. We don't have a bunch of residents yet. It's an independent living community and we're eventually going to grow and we're going to have, you know, 300 people on site. 
But right now we got 40. So let's let's develop those good habits right now. So when we get busy, everything kind of takes care of itself because we're developing good habits. That's what that's all the, the regular season is. It's it's learning to develop those good habits. And that's what this team is doing. That's what Mikhail Bridges is doing. Cameron Johnson's doing. You know, Devin Booker, again, he, he's as solid as he can be. He gets locked up. It's going to happen. There's going to be nights. We've seen it a couple times already this season where the sole purpose of the defense is we are not letting Devin Booker beat us. But because of the talent around him on this team, both offensively and defensively, they're winning and they're winning handily because those teams uh, have done a good job developing those good habits. Yeah, but also Booker's still getting really good looks. And there's just these games he has oh, yeah. where they just they won't go in. Uh, it's usually starting early, but um, here you go. Thank you. $5 from Black Sunday. Yep. Thank you this for actually- hitting us up. In the super chat, if you want to donate to the podcast, join us live on YouTube. You can donate five bucks, like Black Sunday did. It helps uh, helps fund all this amazing content that we come up for you after every game. <laughs> yeah, he actually brought up a good point. I wanted to actually ask you this too. Just okay. mirror, does this team feel different this year? And if it if we add another solid piece, we're going on a finals run. The first part of that, um, does it feel it- different than last year? It, it does to me again. I just, I kind of gave all my reasons why yeah. I really feel. And I think you did too. It's like, I really feel like this is a different team. Um, but is it because I think, I think it's because maybe Chris Paul isn't like really taking over as much. I feel like this team, cause we play these teams now like tonight and they came back, but I feel like we're kind of blowing these teams out a little bit more. Like we're having a more comfortable lead in the we're fourth playing quarter. Good teams too. It's not like we're playing. Yeah. Like Minnesota's kind of one of those good like, like fake good teams because they had a really easy schedule and, and you know they lost but i mean we've played some really good teams up to this point and and we've looked pretty damn good yeah i just i think that because we're taking the ball out of his hand more and Cameron Payne stepped up too that it's just kind of like we're we're growing these leads faster and it just seems more enjoyable so far well to but to black sunday's point matthew if they add another piece they're going to be on a finals run what do you think about that <laughs> do they need to add that other piece to go on a finals run or are they already set up to do so can you imagine though? Okay, I don't even care about the KD thing anymore. Even though I just said we should trade for him. It depends if I have. I love this team. Not, it's right? different this year. It's like okay, uh, but give me KD yeah. anyways. Uh, you know what? If uh, if we can get someone like coming off the bench like Clarkson, that'd be awesome. But then also the SGA thing, there I think it's there. It'll for never real. happen. It'll never. happen. I know, but I'm just saying if that happens, and yeah, that's what we need. Don't that say that on Twitter. Easy. You'll get fucking crucified like I did, upside down, like Saint Peter. Uh, I think that. <laughs> There's another piece to add, obviously, because we're missing Jay Crowder. All this yeah. is happening. Imagine Jay Crowder right now. Imagine how, how how he feels sitting at home, sitting at like empty arenas, having people take his picture from behind. Hey, dude, take my picture. Show people I'm working. You know? And then like you look at it, and you're like, yeah, he's going to brick that free throw, but they took it mid-shot. Uh, imagine him. Because essentially what he's trying to do is trying to say, I have value. Okay? And you're not going to pay me. You're not going to give me a contract extension. I want some sense of security, which is understandable. He's 32 years old. He wants kind of that last contract. That's really going to provide him security. Even though if you gave me one contract for one year, like he would be making for $10 million, I'd be secure for the rest of my life. But Hey, some people live outside their means. Okay. But essentially what he did prior to the season is he gambled and he goes, you know what? Like I want security and I want to go to a team in which I can be a starter. And the, the, and the sons are like, okay, like we'll, we'll see what we can do, dude. But if you don't want to show up, all right, whatever, whatever. And then like the, the market dictates the value and the market's dictating like, yeah, like Jay Crowder, you can, you can be a starter if you want to come play in fucking like Detroit. Like, how do you like Orlando this time of year? You know, we're a young team, but even them, they're like, we're a young team. We don't need you, you know? So 
Then then he kind of releases through Chris Haynes the whole story. Well, you know, like I never said I didn't want to be a starter. I just, you know, I just want to, you know, kind of get an opportunity. It's like, well, dude, you have a team that went to the NBA Finals, a team that won 64 games, and you're choosing not to play with them, and they're fucking thriving. So what they're showing even more is they're they're decreasing your value with every win because it's like, dude, like this team, they they so you they could have been better without you. Is that what you're telling me? So I mean. He's really about to be kicking himself in the butt while people are taking his pictures in empty arenas in Georgia. I didn't see that. And honestly, I, I don't know really what happened, obviously. And I don't really want to judge the dude for doing what he's doing. I but know thing, I'm being facetious. It's a no, podcast I know, the, and I run my mouth. No, we, no, I know. We always talk crap and everyone talks crap about everybody, but it doesn't yeah. mean anything. Yeah, um, it's not real. But I, the only reason I, I say that is because I just think that uh, now that you're looking at the Suns team, yeah, they can win without him, but... Also, you brought up such a good point. It's like, which team is going to take this guy on? Like, he's not going to get a starting role unless it's a shitty team. But plus, he would have still got minutes with this team. Like, he yeah. would have been, he, his value would still be there. The, the How much money is coming up? I don't even know next season or the next two seasons uh, with the new TV deal or whatever. Like, people are handing out money. Like, these teams are going to be signing players for a lot of money. And it's going to be a, a lot more than they deserve right for yeah. certain roles so 100%. if you come on if if he was on this team averaging like he can get 20 minutes a game out for the bench that would be huge it would still be the same jay crowder he just wouldn't be a starter right russell westbrook is now coming off the bench and stuff and i think like that team is kind of figuring things out maybe i think he's been out or whatever but it's just it's hard for these players to really accept the fact that I'm a bench player, but he was a bench player before. Like, I don't understand this whole thing. So I really want to know what the fuck happened because I can't believe that this guy who shouldn't be entitled to, he shouldn't be entitled to the, to the, in a way where he should get a starting role and we should be okay with it. Right. Cause he's just yeah. not that type of player. He no, can go that, after and, big dreams, the American okay. dream. He can, he can live the American dream if he wants, right. He can go after dreams, whatever, all that bullshit, whatever he does with the videos, but you're not that player. Like you're still good. We still love to have you. But and you still have an you still have Kelly a career Oubre. ahead of you. What do you right? tell Ubre? Yeah. So so like why not come play for this team? You know, if they don't renew your contract at the end of the year, you become an unrestricted free agent. The market will dictate your value. Even if you end up being like a mid level exception guy and you get like five mil a year, you know that all the, like the whole thing for for Jay Crowder is like, dude, I just got to make it to the 24-25 season because when that. TV deal hits 24, 25 or 25, 26. It's like, if I can make it there, they're going to be handing out stupid. The mid-level player deal will be like 10 million, you know, the mid-level exception. So it's like, all he's got to yeah. do is get there. But now all he's doing is leaving a wake of shit behind him. And like black Sunday says, again, thank you for the $2 donation. The podcast really appreciates it. He goes, you see that burner account that Jay made. I heard about this. He made like a burner account, like, like something and, and black Sunday, maybe explain it in the chat and we can bring it up. But I, I he, 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 liked a post that somebody said you know where it's kind of bullshit and it was just like and then he deleted it right away it's like it's obvious shit like now he's just sitting around toying and he's yeah you get bored when you're sitting at home yes you get bored when you sit at home and you start rearranging furniture now you're sending out weird texts like this or tweets i mean yeah like that's weird if that's and, really and people and people will call you right away on your shit so i mean again <sighs> He was such a love guy here and like everywhere he in the NBA. And I'm not saying it's like going to ruin his career, but dude, like coming back to the team wouldn't have been the worst thing. You're still going to make your money no matter what I feel like. I've always felt that way, but whatever. I do as well. And unfortunately, you know, for Jay, it's just not working out. And, and we appreciate everything that he did for us, but it's like, that's the last thing. That's the last thing this team is going to do is they're going to trade Jay Crowder. They're going to get some asset back for it. And hopefully it's something that's going to be that missing piece that we need. But right now we're not sh showing a lot of holes. But Matthew, you were hanging out tonight on the Timberwolves subreddit. 
So maybe they had some advice about kind of what their option or what they view. Maybe they saw some holes in the Phoenix Suns. The Suns Jam Session subreddit stakeout. All right, Matthew, what happened on the Minnesota Timberwolves subreddit? So the first time I logged in, I think it was in the second quarter. Because I'm like, oh shit, I gotta do the subreddit stakeout. I'm glad you did. I was working. I was like, I yeah. hope he's doing. It. I'm sitting there having a meeting with like my regional <laughs> vice president. We're talking, <laughs> about, we're talking about food costs and how to, you know, how do we affect our food costs? And I'm in my head, I'm like, I hope Matthew's doing the subreddit stakeout right now because I am <laughs> not gonna be home until about half time. <laughs> yeah, I got a text and it wasn't for me. I'm like, oh shit, that subreddit stakeout. I think I gotta do it. <laughs> so yeah, I did it. And then uh, the first thing I saw was uh, call a timeout. Call a timeout. It was. Uh, when the Suns were on a run and they were up 31 to 24. Oh, wow. That's and invigorating you tell shit. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> Those Timberwolf fans, man. Wow. That's crazy, right? <laughs> but that just reminds me of me. Call a timeout. And I made yes. it, it reminded me of like how I don't even have to ask for that anymore. I feel like. Yes. Because he's done such a good job with timeouts now, Monty. Um, the D-Lo hates. So the D-Lo hates. There. Yes. Tell us um, about this. D-Lo and foul trouble is probably not. It's probably a blessing. So they're saying that it's a blessing. If wow. he's in foul trouble, you know, disrespect. D'Lo hater, rocket fuel engaged. And then after that, dude, it was just nonstop. Just like the uh, the porn stuff in our chat just kept listening down low. <laughs> kept, kept going. All the D'Lo hate. Just All anti-D'Lo man. shit. Yeah. And then they bring up the Crowder thing. This is actually the last one. Because Interesting. I, I didn't do it towards the end of the game. Uh, wow. Crowder is do the whole game? Watch well, it, dude. The subreddit. That's a hard thing to remember. It's like you're 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 doing this, the notes, and then you yep. get up and walk around your house. You forget what the hell you're doing, so you go back and sit down, and then you forget that you're doing subreddit stakeout for the rest you of the geriatric time. fuck. <laughs> so Crowder is just sitting at home instead of playing ball because he thinks he's a starter when he's really not. Even people know what's going on with the Suns and Crowder. The Timberwolves fans know what's going on with Crowder. And to that point, shout out again to Black Sunday in the chat. He said. uh, it was a random account on Twitter with a random pick and tweeted that they went to the sun shop and demanded a Jay Crowder Jersey. And they denied them a bunch of exclamation oh. part marks, all caps. And then Jay replied to it. And, I then did shout see out, that. and then shout out to our friends. The Aussie suns fans pod said, delete it with deleted it when they, when he got called out that it was a burner. So that's what he's doing. He's sitting around we got too many favorites. Who's going to want, his jersey over like Jock or you know anybody else off the bench, even Payne right now. Like there's so many favorites right now, dude. And that was the subreddit stakeout. The Suns Jam Session subreddit stakeout. I do want to shout out dumbass Beesh. He says, "Can we respect how much less toxic Timberwolves Reddit are than Warriors Reddit?" Yes, Warriors subreddit is like. If you're ever bored, just go to their subreddit during a game. Like, like <laughs> I don't understand those kind of human beings. You know, they're they're literally just a bunch of Clay Thompsons holding up the four. Anytime like anything happens, they're like, yeah, well, we got four rings. Yeah, we got four rings. It's like new money. It's so funny. Well, he didn't and, know. And I didn't again, really dig that much though. So I there could have been stuff there, but for some reason, I walk around and, and again, Jamster. If you want one thing that I like to do, and this is me, like low 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 level trolling. Is sometimes when I'm doing the subreddit stakeout, and I got the next one. I got the Portland game. Is that our next game, Portland? Friday? Portland and then Portland, right? Yeah, Twice. yeah, d- yeah. Double yeah. Portland is like every now and then I'll go through and like every anti Suns comment, I just downvote. It's like low key trolling. Like it doesn't affect anything, but like I know yeah. that's what matters. You know, it's like so you can do the same thing. Fan, man. 
you can you can do the same thing. We can start this whole thing where all of Reddit hates us. That's one thing we don't want is all of Reddit hating our podcast because we'll get fucking murdered. Reddit's a whole beast unto <laughs> itself. But they're like, hold on, that podcast is actively promoting going out and downvoting subreddits that they're playing against them. You petty fucks. I'm like, yeah, well, that's the <laughs> podcast. We just we're just here just trying to have a good time. It's all right. Uh let's uh let's hand out some hardware, shall we, Matthew? Jam star of the game. As a reminder, jamsters, if you're watching along live, hit the thumbs up button. If you're not watching along live, go to YouTube, hit the thumbs up button. And if you're listening to the podcast, give us a five-star review. Go to Apple. Leave us a review, five stars, write something. We'll read it right here on the pod. If you have an Android, go to your friend who has an Apple. Say, can I borrow it? Look up look up podcasts. Find the Sun's Jam Session. Give us a five-star review. God damn it. Come on. Help a guy out. Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah, I'm surprised we're this late into the pod, man. Just some good conversations, I guess, about Carl Anthony Towns and Jay Crowder. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, That's we like, got those out of the way, huh? You know, so uh, <laughs> I do love this. Fabio, I believe you said this earlier as well. Cam star of the game. Matthew, who are you giving the jam star of the game to? I got to know. I got to know. Oh, it's Cam. It's the first one for sure. Well earned, man. So what a game for him. What a game. Uh, Kiko says jam star is the twins. Hold on. Hold on. Who who gets it, Matthew? It's the twins. Um, that's from that's from Kiko. I love that little. Did you? Those twins are ugly, too. Have you seen them? Remember what they look like? No. Oh, sorry. That was actually really rude. All right. Wow. Jeez, man. <laughs> Judge a book by its cover beautiful. much? Uh, Walter Lazo, Elite Jamster, gives it to Cam. David Ray gives it to Cam Johnson. You got Shauna giving it to the twins. Parker Hines to the twins. Dumbass Beach to Cam J. Cam Johnson for Crazy Luigi. Fabio, like I said, Cam star of the game. Uh, Cam Johnson. Cam. Uh, only one man that's 23. Yeah, buddy. Michael Jordan. Uh, when, uh, without a doubt, it's Cam, bam, 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 Cam from Mike. Uh, shout out to Mike, man. I remember that time we, we, you met up with us at Marley's and watched a game there. Uh, the Aussies Suns fans podcast, give them a follow, give them a listen. Fantastic content. I assume that's Gavin who's commenting from their, from their, uh, their YouTube channel has to be Cam. Marley's. Remember that time we were at Marley's? I never went to Marley's. Did we do a live show from there? No, we're just hanging out. And like we had mentioned to some jamsters, we were going to be there. And Mike was there. He was sitting right next to us. Maybe you didn't show up. No, I, I was there? sick. That's I think right. I you sick, were sick. Yeah. I was there with my cousins. But shout yeah, out to yeah. Mike. Okay. Uh, but hey, Cam Johnson, everyone, you know, like I'm just, the reason I'm saying Cam is because it's Cam star of the game. The jam star. Everybody yes. down the, cha- you know, everybody. Cam Johnson. What a game, man. Yes. What a game. Babyface killer. He was fantastic tonight. And again, I love that when those kind of games happen on a national audience because everybody you know they know who devin booker is but to see mikhail bridges and cam johnson play that way on a national audience it's just a reminder it's like hey motherfuckers we deep we deep That's we didn't, we didn't even do the jock we didn't even do the jock landale drop this game because in my opinion he didn't have a great game but you know what i didn't expect him to because he's playing against those two big fucks so it's like you know what he went out there he did his thing he had four points you know in 16 minutes well whatever that's okay. He'll get his drop next. It's time. okay, man. He had such a good season so far. This is like his but, one kind of down game. But, but that's the beauty of this team is the, is the depth of this team. So next yes. game, obviously, for the Phoenix Suns is Friday against the Portland Trailblazers. We'll be coming to you live. Revenge opportunity, Matthew. Yeah, dude. The one loss. The one loss. Yes. They've only one loss. Or they only have one loss as well. They yeah. do play Memphis tomorrow without Dame Lillard, so it'll be interesting to see how they yep. play in that game. But if they win that game, that's going to be two six and one teams 
facing off uh, game of the week, game of the week, Friday night. <laughs> so we got that. And then Saturday we'll be live too. So uh, oh, is it anything, Friday, Saturday? Okay. It's a Friday, Saturday, back-to-back baseball style series. Cool. That's going to end the homestand. And then the Phoenix Suns have a three game road trip, starting with the Philadelphia 76ers. So uh, yeah, early games next week. A yeah. week from a week from today. Oh, so, cool. Okay. I love those early yeah. games. Um, I do. And what? I don't. Yeah, do it. This this seems awesome. I mean, I think we. I was sick of seeing him, but then Anthony Simons is like that guy that steps up, and he's like the number two yeah. now in the place of Lil or yeah, and Lillard. And I honestly, watching him, I'm just like, dude, like he's so quiet, and kind of reminds me of Kawhi Leonard in a way where he's just very calm, doesn't talk any shit, doesn't look like he's scary that way. So they have a lot of talent there, and they're kind of healthy. I think Lillard will probably be back. Good thing he's not out for a long time because I want to see how that team gels. And no one was up on him except for I think Skeets from No Dunks. He's like the only guy that was up for, on the Portland Trailblazers. And uh, I think that this team's very talented. They can shoot the hell out of the ball. Um, it's one of those things where you play this team and all of a sudden you see yourself you're down by 12 or 14. Like, what the fuck? That's the way they play. So it'll be interesting. I hope Lillard's healthy. I want some revenge, dude, for that yes. one loss. Yes, that I wish one I won lost. that game. That's all I got to say about that. Anything else you want to talk about before we get out of here, Matthew? Great game by the Phoenix mm. Suns, six and one, baby. Playing well, playing great. No, uh, dear B four one seven. Who's your top five teams? Lakers, 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 and Lakers. Oh wait, that's yeah. how many losses they have. Those are five losses <laughs> or one and five. <laughs> I like how they were calling them on the broadcast. They're like, that's the worst team in the NBA. Just period. <laughs> yeah. Like out of nowhere, like, just like our yeah. broadcast. Yeah, like, yeah, like randomly, they're just like, and the Lakers suck. Am I right? <laughs> yeah. No. Okay. Yeah. Nobody wants to talk shit about the Lakers. Oh, you fucking fucks. No, yeah. like. Uh, yeah, top five teams in the NBA. Uh, Suns are one of them. That's all that matters to me. So yes. uh, on that note, Matthew, I think we'll go ahead and get out of here. Again, a reminder to everybody, hit that thumbs up button while you're here. Go ahead, subscribe, rate, and review to the podcast subscribe. if you're a listener. Make sure you follow the show at Suns Jam on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. You can follow Matthew on Twitter. I'm Matthew. Let's see. You can follow me on Twitter at Darth Voida um, and read all Twitter. of my writing at brightsideofthesun.com. That's all I got. Everyone have a fantastic Tuesday evening. We'll see you come Friday night. All right. Yeah, go home. Love your family. And the hell out of here.